JM in the AM. Thursday morning, Yoma Shoah. There's a brand new book out there. It's entitled The Man Across the River. It's written by Tzvi Wiesenfeld. Tzvi Wiesenfeld studied political science at Yeshiva University and forensic accounting at John Jay College. He works as a financial investigator and business writer in New York City. He wrote this book, The Man Across the River, to honor the memory of his grandfather, Holocaust survivor Jacob Wiesenfeld. Again, the book is called The Man Across the River. Tzvi Wiesenfeld, thank you for joining us on this Yom HaShoah at JM in the AM. Thank you for having me, Anachem. It's a pleasure to be here. Appreciate that. Uh, what might be even more fat and the story's amazing. I mean, the novel, and, and, and no secret, it's a combination, as you point out, on more than one occasion. It's a combination of, uh, of truth, meaning actual uh, stories that happened to your grandfather, actual episodes that happened to your grandfather, intertwined with the novel format that you've incorporated. What, what might be even more fascinating than the book itself is that you as a grandson decided that you have to go ahead and do the research and piece all this together and present your grandfather's story in this manner. Could you, Before we talk about the actual book, could you take us back to the time where you had this epiphany that you have to go ahead, start the research, and put this all together? Sure, yeah. It was actually it was about 2015 or maybe early 2016. I was actually on the Lower East Side at the time. And I was talking to my, my oldest sister, Hani, and we were talking about my grandfather and his experience and what he went through. Um, and, uh, and it occurred to me that we are the last generation, most likely, to know Holocaust survivors personally. Um, and in a sense, uh, the Holocaust dies with us, with our generation. Um, and that really struck me. And then I was just, um, I really just felt compelled to, to get my father's, my grandfather's, my grandfather's story down while I still could, while people knew him was still alive. Um, it was at that moment that I just, that I, I felt the need to write, to write the book and tell the story. And, um, <laughs> so, so you had an opportunity I, I would assume in a in a number of sessions to actually speak with him directly. Um, actually, no. Uh, how, my, my my grandfather passed away in two thousand seven. So how did uh, you? Was, so how did you go about? Like, uh, so how did you go about doing the research then? So the first thing I did was I interviewed everybody who knew him who was still alive. Um, my parents, aunts and uncles, cousins, distant cousins, people who knew him from shul, his doctor, his rabbi, everyone who knew him. Um, my, my grandfather himself was, was very modest, very quiet, very reserved, and never spoke about his past. He never spoke to me about, about the Holocaust. He passed away when I was 18 years old, um, when I was in Israel for the year. Um, and he didn't really speak to anyone much about it. Um, but over the process of interviewing, you know, over a dozen people several times, um, I was able to pick up anecdotes, different stories. Things started to come together. I was able to, to, to piece together uh, a narrative. Of, of, of what happened to him. Um, I also uh, contacted a number of, of institutions. The U.S. Holocaust Museum in Washington, D.C. was particularly helpful. They sent me a trove of documentation about him that they uncovered. The Evo Institute in New York as well. Um, I contacted the, the, the uh, governments of, of Romania and Ukraine, although they weren't very helpful at all. So, so, um, before, so before, Tzvi Wiesenfeld is with us. The book is called A Man Across the River. So before 2007, before his passing, 
Did you have direct conversations with him about his past, or was it something he wasn't that wasn't discussed? I never spoke to him about the Holocaust. So you never had a conversation with your grandfather regarding his experiences in World War II, yet you were able to write a book based on his experiences. Pretty cool. And I would assume your background, or what now is your background as a forensic investigator, helped a lot, right? I, I assume you're somebody who takes research meticulously and very seriously. Yeah, I think that that's that's pretty accurate. It's definitely helped and definitely helped point me in the right direction as to where to look for documentation, what questions to ask, how to conduct interviews, that kind of thing. And um, it, you had to depend on the fact that it, you know if he wouldn't say anything or didn't, in fact, you know, speak to you directly about these experiences, you had to depend on the fact that there were people in his life that he did speak to when you interviewed the people that you just mentioned, the list of and the categories of people that you went to, his doctor, friends, shul people, etc. I mean, w- did they tell you that, in fact, they heard directly from him about his experiences? Or, again, were you piecing it together just based on, I don't know, what they conjectured or, you know, assumed about him? Well, um, they all said the same thing. Uh, they all said, your grandfather never spoke about the Holocaust, but he did tell me this one story. Or, they, or he did tell me these two stories over all the years I've known him. Got it. Um, wow. And, you know, there were some people that he told more than others. Um, there, were some, there were certain things that family members heard from friends of him, friends of his, or people who knew him in Europe. A lot of it was secondhand. Um, and that's how I was able to put it all together. But that's where the get, a lot of the guesswork came in, and obviously the dialogue is all, is all, is all invented. Right, understood. Unbelievable. How old was your grandfather at the time when the war ended? Uh, well, when he got to America in 1948, he was 20. He was 25 years old. So when he, the war ended about three years prior, he was about 22 years old. So he essentially, and, and I'm always fascinated when we hear stories of survivors like this, although I don't know why this age group would, would affect me more than others, but he spent his teenage years as uh, as a prisoner, as a as a uh, a refugee. I mean, you, you could you could you know toss a lot of different. Uh, um, a- adjectives into into how he's or nouns, I should say, into how he spent his teenage years. Yes, uh, that's correct. From about the years of, of the uh, about the ages of eighteen to twenty two was when he was in the Holocaust. Unbelievable. Uh, and it, it just uh, where does the story start? Uh, what city? What country was he from? Is it pl- a place you visited or a place that uh, you spent a lot of time researching? I've never visited it, but I have spent a lot of time researching it. I've read every book I can find on the topic. It's a city, uh, now what's called Chernitsky. At the time, the Jewish population called it Chernivish, which is the, which is the, the Yiddish-printed pronunciation. Um, it, was, it was a city on the outskirts of R- Romania at the time, sort of this unprotected um, annexation that was once part of the Austro-Hungarian Empire. Um, and throughout the years, it, 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 it has gone through a lot of different masters, Russia and Germany, um, Soviet Union. Um, and uh, and it was had uh, it was a large city, a surviving Jewish community. It had a Jewish quarter, which is where my grandfather lived um, in the, the city of Chernovich. Right, you just right, you described that Jewish quarter very similar to a lot of other you know cities that have you know neighborhoods or areas that are heavily Jewish. I was going to ask you yeah. if, if you would describe the city as a heavily Jewish one, but again, I think you just basically said it right. It's essentially a, a city that had a large Jewish presence in a specific area. Oh, for sure, and especially as the war broke out and a number of Jewish re- refugees streamed in from the countryside, um, fleeing the advancing Germans, the Jewish population swelled, swelled about 50% of the entire city population. Right. You know what's funny about your book, uh, Tzvi Wiesenfeld's with us, The Man Across the River, uh, a book he wrote about his grandfather, a novel form, but he wrote it about his grandfather and his uh, 
experiences during World War II. Uh, after all the extensive research he'd done, we're highly recommending the book to everybody, especially on the Yom HaShoah. You know, what's interesting about the book, especially for someone like me, who's a very, very nonfiction person and, uh, and rarely ever picks up a, a fictitious book, you have a, a really strange balance that you have to maintain. Um, uh, you know, at the end of the book, for instance, when you're talking about his experiences, meaning your grandfather or the person that, uh, you know, the character in the, in the story, you know, has, is in Manhattan, Lower East Side, uh, uh, passes away in Brooklyn, et cetera. I mean, I, I, I am working on the assumption that most of those basic facts are in fact, you know, truths about your grandfather. How does one balance the fiction of a novel, the fiction rather of a novel and the nonfiction of his experiences when putting together a book like this? Uh, that's a good question, Nachum. And I guess I guess the best answer is that you know I knew my grandfather, knew him well, and um, and knowing his personality, knowing that he was just a gentle, kind, very modest person, I tried to 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 put myself in his shoes and imagine how he would have acted, how he would have spoken, um, what his attitudes would have been in 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 these situations that I knew to be factual, and uh, built built a character around that. Very interesting. Um, most inspirational story, with, I mean, and there's a lot of material here, as you know. Uh, a most inspirational story to you, if you were asked to tell one tale from the man across the river or one aspect of your grandfather's life, especially back then, before he got to the U.S., what would you say? Um, when my grandfather was in the ghetto in Ridsdale, uh, the first ghetto he was in, in the Transnistria, and he, he considered himself a, a strong person. Um, he thought he was going to die soon, um, and that his friends and his brother would 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 outlive him. Um, and um, a friend of his, who's in the book, asked him. He said, "If I die first, can you please give me Jewish burial? Because you know the Jewish cemetery they weren't taking any more any more any more bodies." Um, and he said, "I don't think I'll look to, I'll look to, to, to do so, but I um I, I do commit to to to, to, to giving the proper tahara." Um, his friend ultimately died, collapsed from from starvation. And my my grandfather. Um, he took it upon himself to, to he kept his word and buried his friend, gave him, gave him a proper Jewish burial, and he committed for the rest of the war to give uh, victims of the Holocaust a proper Jewish burial whenever he could. That's uh, the kind of person he was. What is someone like you, and um, you know, and and you know, people in your age group think of heroism like that? I could see people, you know, wondering why that would be such a priority. Uh, why that would be so important to a man like your grandfather? Uh, what do you think when you, when you hear about and then eventually write about an episode like that and dedication to our tradition and heritage? Uh, it's you know it's, it's very humbling. It's difficult to imagine that kind of bravery, this kind of heroism. Um, our lives today in America are pretty easy, um, mm-hmm. and not to have to encounter that kind of that kind of situation. Um, it's, it's 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 kind of hard to. Um, one of the things we think about or, or often discuss, uh, especially when it comes to next generation, uh, are guilt feelings that one experiences because of what their parent or grandparent had gone through. And you, know, you have this burden, like you just described, the comfort of lu- and luxury of, you know, of living here, you know, where, where, where the greatest challenges of life are, are a joke compared to their greatest challenges. Um, when you when you researched this and became much more familiar with your grandfather's life, was that something that uh, that that grew that type of feeling, or actually because you were working on it and felt that you were helping to memorialize him, it actually lessened that type of feeling? Uh, I, I I would say it grew. 
um, but balanced by the knowledge that um, that my grandfather worked so hard uh, when he came to America because he wanted to he wanted to stand the type of good life and he wanted everybody to be to be safe and healthy and taken care of, and um, that was that was his goal and that was his primary concern was taking care of his family, working hard, and his showing his community. Um, so I try to keep to keep that in mind and use that to balance, you know, the the, the guilt, as you say, of, of not having to had not having had experience what what he went through and so many others went through. And when you write about the experiences in the ghetto. Um, again, I, I, you know, not, not, not to, not to make this all about your research and how you did it, but uh, I mean, were there accounts about that specific ghetto that, uh, that you were able to utilize and, and include, or was it more conjecture or just based on general ghetto experiences of Jews in Europe? How would you describe uh, what we see on the pages about his experiences in the ghetto? So all those instances um, all the stories and things that my grandfather saw, or at least he saw on the pages of the book, um, actually happened and came from history. I didn't make up any specific instance out of whole cloth. Um, uh, when, when, when I tried to paint a picture or illustrate what the various ghettos and, and camps that he were in were, were, were like, I, I pulled them from the pages of history. So that is all true in that sense. Pretty amazing. Um Svi Wiesenfeld, the book is called The Man Across the River. You know, we're recommending the book, uh, um, especially on this Yom HaShoah, but I want, I want to make a point that I, I, I essentially would think you'd agree with this, but I, I don't think this is the case with a lot of books regarding the Holocaust. I think this is really appropriate for the younger people in the audience, meaning not just for the younger, the older as well, but often we're hesitant to give a younger uh, a person, a kid in our community, a, a book that might be frightening, a book that you know would include things that are difficult to to handle, but it, the, I, I think the way you've done this, I think this is really a good read for a teenager. Do you agree that this could really enhance a teenager's understanding of what Jews back then went through? Thank you. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I, I think I think it is it is uh, um, a pretty easy read in, in in the sense that like the uh, the the jargon and the narrative isn't dense or anything of the story. It's also right. it's a fairly short read as well. Right. Um, so I, I I didn't originally intend to write it for kids or for for uh, for a younger audience. But I do find that a lot of a lot of kids and teenagers are reading it and, and enjoying getting, getting a lot from it. So really nice. I think that is true. In general, I hope you're getting good reaction. I am. Very nice. Tzvi Wiesenfeld, The Man Across the River, easiest way for people to obtain this book, Tzvi? Um, get it on Amazon or barnesandnoble.com. Uh, call it Kavod. I, 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 am sure, <laughs> I am sure there are a lot of grandchildren in this audience who thought about writing a book based on what they heard directly or indirectly about their grandparents' experiences, 99% of them, I would assume, never got around to it. It must be a very satisfying feeling that you able that you actually accomplished this. It certainly is. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you, Nachum. Svi Wiesenfeld. The book is called The Man Across the River. Highly recommending it, and get it for your kids. Uh, this is not one of those, you know, frightening books about World War II. I- even the tough parts are, you know, are, are really easy to digest. Let's put it that way. Or easier, I should say. Nothing about World War II is easy to digest. Uh, but easier than a lot of other works. And, of course, you know, the part after getting to the United States is a uh, one of great inspiration. I mean, it's all inspiration, but you get my point. Anyway, it's called The Man Across the River. Zvi Wiesenfeld spells his name Z-V-I-W-I-E-S-E-N-F-E-L-D. And if you go to Amazon or Barnes & Noble, as he recommended, uh, the book is readily available.
And if you have, not that this is an Amazon commercial, but those of you who are Prime members can actually have the book for Shabbos. How do you like that? It is Yom HaShoah morning, day 11 in the counting of the Omer. If you forgot to count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. It's a Yom HaShoah Holocaust Memorial Day morning at JM in the AM.